Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. There is a new political party forming that represents Judeo-Christian biblical values. Not here in America, but in Israel. We interview Avi Lipkin, who is forming this party. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we normally like to report the news, discern the spirits, and pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. But today, we have a celebrity interview live in the studio all the way from Israel, our returning guest, Avi Lipkin. Avi, welcome back to the program. Good to be back. So you were on yesterday's show, you talked all about Islam and your book, Islamic Rivalry. We debated uh, Sunnis and Shiites and ISIS and Iran and Saudi Arabia and what should America's foreign policy be in the Middle East. You are a national security expert, but today we wanna talk about your new political party. You were born in America, but 48 years ago, you made Aliyah, you became an Israeli national citizen. You're binational, American and Israeli, but you're forming a political party in Israel that's never been tried before. This is a Judeo-Christian, biblical-based party? W explain this. First time in 2,000 years. Wow. I wouldn't think about it. Yeah. Um, listen, I was born in New York, and I was raised on the lap of the American Revolution. No taxation without representation. Now, when I moved to Israel, Israel's population was 2% Christian. The threshold for, for, for getting into our parliament, into our Knesset, into our Congress was 2%. So the Christians were 2%. But the Christians were divided up equally between Catholic and Greek Orthodox. So it was 1% and 1%. Because they were divided, they could not get in. Uh, in 1989-1990, God shook the tree of the Soviet Union and one million people came home. 700,000 were Jewish, 300,000 were not Jewish, they were Christian. Different types of Christian. Uh, mostly Russian Orthodox, which is Greek Orthodox, uh, but there were also some Catholics from the Ukraine and some Protestants, married to the, Christ to the Jews. So today, the Christian population of Israel is 8%. Uh, so if the threshold was at that time uh, 2%, uh, and the Arab Christians couldn't make it, today 8%, there is a much more logical possibility uh, that we can get, well, it's not anymore 2%, now it's 3.5%, but we could, that it's possible to get in from 8%, 3.5%. Um, in addition, 6% of the population is Jewish, married to the 6% of the population was this Christian. So really, my constituency today is 14%. Uh, if uh, these people were all to vote for this new party, I would get in with 14, 15 out of 120 members of Knesset, which might even mean perhaps that I'd, I'd be a minister and people in my party would be promoted not only to parliamentarians, uh, members of the of the uh, of the legislature, but they would even become ministers uh, under Netanyahu or whoever would be prime minister at the time. Well, your block clearly has a basis for unity. There, yes. there should be a reason why uh, Jews and Christians, especially 
from different Christian backgrounds. You mentioned Eastern Orthodox or Roman Catholic or... And some uh, Protestants and, and maybe, some, right. maybe one or two Messianics too. Yeah. But, but you are personally Jewish. I'm conservatox. <laughs> I, I'm equally easy or uneasy with both groups. Right. Uh, and I love reform. I love old Jews, uh, even secular Jews. This is supposed to be a grand wall-to-wall -wall coalition of all Jews and all Christians in this party. And I, I, for me, it's a great challenge, but I know it has to happen. Um, so I'm hoping that we will win in the next elections that that 14%. And if I'm right, and ISIS is indeed in the United States, in Canada, in Europe, in Latin America, uh, there to catalog the Jews and then destroy the Jews and catalog the Christians who are pro-Israel or married to the Jews and then destroy those Christians. We will be seeing so many Jews and Christians returning to the land, 10 million, and our population today is six and a half million, that this party will be the biggest party in the Knesset. Now, for those who are not familiar with Israeli politics, there are 120 members of the Israeli Knesset, which right. would be the equivalent of our US Congress in America. Yes. And there are about 12 political parties that are in that are in that have right. earned enough votes as a block to get at least one or maybe three members of the Knesset. Right. Uh, but there are other political parties. You said yesterday there are about 33 political parties, yes. and many of those don't have enough votes to get in the Knesset. Right. They they were parties. They were the dream of a certain person, and he signed up 100 people, paid the $40,000. Uh, we have the 111 signatures. We have the, the $36,000 to register the party. Caleb Myers is our lawyer, and actually his whole office is He's our... been a guest on our program. Yes. And um, so I've been working with Caleb already 11 years. Uh, it took us 11 years uh, to get 111 signatures. When we submitted it to the government uh, three months ago, the government said, oh, you've been taking 11 years to sign up 111 people, because it's very hard to get people to sign up. He said, any signature over six months is invalidated. Oh no, So I'm going you had back. to start over. I have to start all over again. But the good news is the $36,000 is still in Caleb Meyer's hands, so he didn't have to submit it to the government, thereby losing the money. Uh, you know, and sometimes in legal cases, you file and you pay and then you lose anyway. So we have the money. Uh, I have to provide addresses and professions of all the people who signed up. We're going to do all that when I get back. I have to redo everything. And uh, they said also you have to take out the term Islamo-fascism uh, and just say fascism because it's not politically correct. And I have to hold a party founders congress, which I'm going to do and prove that everyone was invited and everyone showed up. I mean, th these are all bureaucratic hurdles. Um, I call it dress rehearsal. But the name of your party is Gush Al-Tanakhi? Yeah, which means the Tanakh block or the Old Testament block, because the Old Testament is the book of the Jews and the Christians together. Uh, the Jews, of course, later went into the Talmud. The Christians went into the New Testament. Terrific. And your book is called Israel's Bible Block, yes. it's all about your political party and Correct. the movement you're trying to start there. Correct, and it's available on Amazon and Kindle and from my website, vicmord.com. We're gonna take a short break. When we come back, I will ask Avi Lipkin, what are the distinguishing principles of his political party? This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Let's take a stand with Israel today. Would you sign a petition with me? Visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. And sign a petition to defend Israel, who is America's closest ally, certainly in the Middle East, 
if not in the entire world. We remember watching Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu give that speech at the UN when he warned about the making of an Islamic nuclear bomb, and that is being forged in Iran. But what are we doing now? The USA is negotiating with the Europeans to allow Iran to continue to develop nuclear material. Well, that's not right. Do we really trust this man, Hassan Rouhani, the president of Iran, who is the former nuclear weapons chief? You don't think they're gonna build a nuclear bomb when his predecessor, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, literally threatened to wipe Israel off the map of history. Now, we need to take a stand. Why is American foreign policy to fund the Muslim Brotherhood? Let's sign a petition to stop that. Stop sending our taxpayer dollars to fund the Muslim Brotherhood. And let's also sign a petition to protect the Jewish homeland. Both of those are available today at our website, PrayInJesusName.org. And when you sign those petitions, we will fax them to Congress. Instead, the failed foreign policy of the Obama administration, starting with Hillary Clinton and now John Kerry, is pressuring Israel to give up Jerusalem? Why? We should never divide the eternal capital of Israel, which is Jerusalem, and we should move the American embassy there. But instead, now the Obama administration is unfreezing the Iranian bank accounts, sending $7 billion to them on the hope of empty promises that maybe they'll stop their nuclear program. Let's defend Israel. The Jewish people are our friends. They have a right to security in their homeland. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and sign that petition right now. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. We're joined again by an American who moved to Israel 48 years ago, is now back in America for a few minutes, and we're privileged to have him as a guest on our show, Avi Lipkin. Welcome back, sir. You're, you're forming this political party in Israel, uh, but it is the people of the book, the people of the Old Testament, the people of the Bible. That's right. literally in the name of your party, Israel's Bible block, why do you want to form a party around the Bible? Okay. Uh, firstly, we do not have any political party in Israel based on the Bible or Judeo-Christian Western civilization and democracy. And as I said in the previous segment, I was raised on the lap of the American Revolution. No taxation without representation. These Christians who have moved to Israel uh, serve in the Israeli army, pay taxes, they vote, you know, this is exactly what the colonists' problem was with the British, have no representation. And they're married to us. So these people are blessing us. And it says in our Holy Bible of the Jew and the Christian, uh, Genesis 12, 3 says, you know, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. So God is going to bless those who bless us. Uh, what happens if we Jews don't bless those who bless us? The Christians are blessing us. They should be represented. The Muslims are in the Knesset. They're represented in spite of the fact that Islam calls for the annihilation of the Jew on Saturday and the Christian on Sunday. Uh, so if the, if, the, if the Muslims are in the Knesset and other groups are in the Knesset, why is it that the Christians are not in the Knesset? And the reason is not because we're anti-Christian, it's because the Christian community has not gotten organized yet. And like I said before, because I personally predict, I don't want to say prophesy, I predict because the writing is on the wall that six million Jews are either going to make Aliyah, move to Israel, or they're going to be killed here. Uh, and they're married to four million Christians who will also be killed if they don't move to Israel. And the Israeli law of uh, immigration regarding Jews and Christians say that if you have one Jewish grandparent or you're married to a Jew, 
you can come back to the land. So, you know, we're talking about a minimum of 10, 11, 12 million Jews and Christians are going to go home. They all have to be represented in our parliament. As Americans, I, we observe Israel, who is our closest ally in the Middle East, perhaps in the world, uh, with, with great love, great affection. We stand with Israel on this show. And yet, there has been a question about whether Christians enjoy true religious freedom if they live in Israel. Can you talk about that? Okay, firstly, absolutely, there is a total freedom of religion in Israel. Uh, there are many churches, all denominations. There are home groups, all denominations. The problem that Israel has is with uh, um, those who are proselytizing Jewish people uh, in order to bring them over to Christianity. This is, I would say, the, the only problem really that exists now. Uh, if you live in Israel or you visit Israel, you know, when you start handing out tracts in the streets, uh, this is considered offensive. Uh, to the Israeli establishment. You have to remember there's only one Jewish state in the world and that's Israel. Uh, you know, many people say, well, why can't 50 million Christians move to Israel? Because then it stops being a Jewish state and it's the only Jewish state. It's God's only Jewish state. And so there is room for a sizable Christian minority, but the Jewish majority must be preserved and proselytization is not tolerated. And that, those are some of the same reasons that they redrew borders, for example, to exclude or maybe give over to Palestine some of the predominantly Muslim neighborhoods so that they could preserve their Jewish identity and be more purely represented as a Jewish nation in the Knesset? Well, there were two ideas. One, of course, was the idea that every human being should be able to vote in a democratic system. And of course, if you have four million Muslims, uh, that is not exactly gonna be very favorable for a Jewish uh, uh, pluralistic democracy. In addition to the fact, the Muslims don't want to vote in, in, the, in an Israeli election. They want their own, uh, their own system. Uh, so we do have, indeed, one and a half million Muslims who are Israeli citizens. Uh, they do vote. They represent 20% of their population. Uh, there are 10 out of 120 Muslim members of Knesset. But like I said before, you know, the, the, the Christians are not represented. The only time you're going to see a Christian in the Knesset is if he or she is a communist or a socialist, which means basically they're not Christian anymore. They're just nominally born yeah. as Christians, but they don't believe in God or the Bible. My bar political party is a political party of Bible-believing Jews and Bible-believing Christians uh, who are marching together in the same faith. And not to transform the identity of uh, the Jewish nation, right? but to make sure that the people who are Christians, who are married to Jews or have uh, immigrated there, they are truly represented in your own government, which right now they're not. Correct, and so that's what I'm working for. I don't think that it's an unrealistic thing. I don't think that it's uh, unachievable. And our next elections officially are three years from now, though you never know what the vicissitudes of Israeli politics, <laughs> uh, you know, the government could fall in a no confidence vote at any time. So we've got to get this party re er, registered within the next month or two and then start campaigning already. How do your party's views compare to the very conservative parties, uh, not just Likud, which has sort of become a moderate party, you know, Netanyahu yeah. leads a, a centralized uh, coalition, but to the right of him are parties like the Jewish Home Party, Shas, and what was the other one? Uh, Gudat Israel is the other ultra-Orthodox party, 
And uh, it's Ashkenazi, which is European Jews. Shas is uh, Sephardic or Middle Eastern Jews. Uh, and uh, Baita Yehudi, I'm, I used to be kind of torn between the Jewish home and the Likud because they're both right-wing and I'm right-wing. But like I said before, what bothered me was uh, that uh, there was no Christian uh, candidate uh, in a secure slot uh, to get into the Knesset. Every party has their first candidates get into the Knesset depending on the relative numbers. Israel is one constituency. It's 120 members of Knesset. You need 45,000 votes per member of Knesset. So, for example, if I get uh, 140,000 votes, I'm the number one on my list. Number two is a Christian Arab woman, and she's going to get in. And then number three is a Jew. Number four is a Christian. So the odd numbers are Jewish, the even numbers are Christian. And there is no party in Israel that gives Christians any kind of representation. So I'm just going to go down some of the eight principles of your sure. party, and mm -hmm. we'll take a break in between. We don't have to get through all eight. But the first mm -hmm. one is that your ethics are based on the Bible, the yeah. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and faith in the coming Messiah, who is a Jew from Israel who speaks Hebrew. Uh, talk about this. Well, indeed, you know, we Jews and Christians together share the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It says so seven times in the New Testament. Uh, we have the old, same Old Testament, and we all believe the Messiah is a Jew from Israel who speaks Hebrew. Uh, for the Christians, that's Jesus Christ. For the Jews, we don't know yet who the Messiah is, but we will know very soon. Um, so basically, it's very simple. We have, I would say, 90% in common. And uh, as a Jew who reads the New Testament, from what I understand and people have confirmed it, 40% of the New Testament is Old Testament. 40% of the New Testament is Talmud. And that's 80%. 20% represents certain Greek uh, philosophical approaches, which the rabbis also adopted, but in different terminology. Right. I'm thinking one day of writing a book about parallels between the Greek, the Christian, and the Jewish philosophy. And you went to rabbinical school? Three years, yeah. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we will ask Avi Lipkin to outline the rest of his political agenda. Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Let's take a stand with Israel today. Would you sign a petition with me? Visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. And sign a petition to defend Israel, who is America's closest ally certainly in the Middle East, if not in the entire world. We remember watching Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu give that speech at the UN when he warned about the making of an Islamic nuclear bomb, and that is being forged in Iran. But what are we doing now? The USA is negotiating with the Europeans to allow Iran to continue to develop nuclear material. Well, that's not right. Do we really trust this man, Hassan Rouhani, the president of Iran, who is the former nuclear weapons chief. You don't think they're gonna build a nuclear bomb when his predecessor, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, literally threatened to wipe Israel off the map of history. Now, we need to take a stand. Why is American foreign policy to fund the Muslim Brotherhood? Let's sign a petition to stop that. Stop sending our taxpayer dollars to fund the Muslim Brotherhood. And let's also sign a petition to protect the Jewish homeland. Both of those are available today at our website, PrayInJesusName.org. And when you sign those petitions, we will fax them to Congress. Instead, the failed foreign policy of the Obama administration, starting with Hillary Clinton and now John Kerry, is pressuring Israel to give up Jerusalem? Why? We should never divide the eternal capital of Israel, which is Jerusalem, and we should move the American embassy there. 
But instead, now the Obama administration is unfreezing the Iranian bank accounts, sending $7 billion to them on the hope of empty promises that maybe they'll stop their nuclear program. Let's defend Israel. The Jewish people are our friends. They have a right to security in their homeland. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and sign that petition right now. He is the intersection of church and state. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. We're joined again by Avi Lipkin. Avi, talk about the biblical borders of Israel. Well, God is sovereign. And God says in Deuteronomy 11, sovereignly, that Israel's borders will extend from the Mediterranean to the Euphrates and from Lebanon to the Great Desert. The Great Desert is Saudi, okay? And I prove it in my book number six, which is called Return to Mecca. We were there and we will be going back and the Muslims know it. Um, so our borders will eventually uh, uh, take those shapes, as God said. Uh, I don't think it'll take too long. I think ISIS is going to so overturn the apple cart that Israel will have no choice but to uh, fight ISIS, defeat ISIS, and we're going to end up with new borders. The Christians are going to be annihilated unless the Jews go in and defend them in Syria, Lebanon, and Iraq. And that is one of the eight principles of your party is to have, uh, you know, basically land state, which is based on the promises of the Bible. You also talk about Islamofascism and terrorism that your political party, one of your core tenets is to fight against that. Yes, indeed, uh, as I mentioned off the air, I had a meeting with the Vatican ambassador, uh, Pietro Sambi, and we were lamenting the uh, exodus of Christians from Bethlehem and other Christian areas in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, Gaza. Uh, it is not the Jews uh, torturing, killing, and uh, exiling the Christians, it's the Muslims. And so the purpose of my party will be to defend the Christians in their homes, protect them, and not allow the Muslims to kill them. So talk about immigration policy. We here in America have been struggling this year in an election year with what should America's immigration policy be, especially toward, for example, Syrian refugees. But Israel has their own special concerns. Yes, indeed. Uh, obviously, Israel is not open to massive immigration of anyone other than Jews. Uh, and even Jewish immigration, there are only six, seven million Jews outside of Israel as compared to six million that we have now. Uh, there will be some immigration, I would say up to four million Christians, who are married to Jews or descended from a, one Jewish grandparent by Israeli law. And so we will see, I believe, uh, uh, six million Jewish immigrants potentially and four million Christians potentially. So, And our borders will be expanded. There's also uh, one of your eight principles is you want to correct this um, tragedy, which is three million Jews leaving Israel over the last 57 years. Nobody knows about this. Yes, indeed. Israel uh, did not exist 150 years ago. Uh, Mark Twain uh, wrote about this in his book in 1867, Innocence Abroad. And the country was so forlorn, uh, it was so deplorable. You know, the, the trees are chopped down by the Turks, um, uh, sand dunes, malarial swamps. Uh, Mark Twain walked for two days, didn't see a single human being. He said, if this is the promised land, I sure don't want it promised to me. And basically what happened is, and I'm giving a lot of credit here to the socialists and the communists who came 100 years ago to Israel, 
because they they took off the kippah and they, they stopped observing Shabbat and uh, kosher food and all the things we believe in as Jewish people. But they are the ones who rolled up their sleeves and they drained the swamps, planted the trees, uh, built beautiful, uh, uh, created beautiful farms, fertile land, which is swamps before, uh, built the first factories. Uh, Israel today is an economic power thanks to the foundations that the socialists put in. But what happened is as they succeeded, more and more of the Western Jews and Christians came in and made their contribution as well. So basically, we're going through first stage, we're going into second stage. Second stage is that socialism is finished. Well, you talk about Western civilization. This is part of your party's platform, not just Judeo-Christian, right. but Western democracy. How does yes. that fit in? Well, uh, democracy is a very unusual little baby, uh, and it is something which uh, even a country like India, which is Hindu, uh, but the British instilled in them democracy. India is the biggest democracy in the world. It's a billion people. Uh, after World War II, General Douglas MacArthur turned Japan into a, a Shinto dem democratic country. Um, and so they have Judeo-Christian Western civilization democracy. Uh, and one of the things I'm saying indeed is that I believe the day will come that Arabs will live in democracy. And of course, my wife picked up broadcasts where the Saudis were saying democracy over our dead body. There'll never be democracy in Islam. I think, uh, as I mentioned in the previous program, that I think Islam will be banned by the globalists, the one world government, when ISIS goes nuts. Uh, when Islam is banned, then there will be the possibility to force uh, the Muslims to accept democracy. And in the end, the Muslims will finally have a life. Talk about your wife, Rachel, briefly. Yes, Rachel, uh, the love of my life, is a very, very special lady. I met her on a bus. It was hated first sight. I yelled at her. And then I realized I was yelling at the wrong person. It was somebody else I should have been yelling at. And when she told me she was from Egypt, I said, can I interview you? I'm editor of an English language newspaper at Hebrew University. And I ended up carrying her shopping bags to her dorm room. And two years later, we got married. <laughs> and uh, she's been my teacher. And she was in the Israeli, uh, uh, I don't want to say intelligence. She was a radio TV monitor. She monitored yeah. radio TV and computer broadcasts. And she's been my teacher. And I think the very first thing she'd said to me in, over that first cup of coffee, she said to me, the Christians and the Jews are not two peoples. The Christians and the Jews are one people. We're the, people of, the, we're the people of the book, the and, Bible. And now you're founding the party of the book. Your, your, it, your political party and your book are called Israel's Bible Block. Where can people find this? Uh, this is on Amazon. It's on Kindle. And it's also on my website, vicmord.com. And just to finish the story, though, she said to me, you know, because as a Jew raised in the United States, um, I felt more of a kinship with the Muslims because we were allies in Spain in 1492. And I hated the Catholics. And finally, I realized that the truth is, my, my wife said it to me, that the Jews and the Christians are brothers and sisters. The Muslims are great people, but they have another God. They have another book called the Quran. And they have another Messiah who wants to kill the Jews on Saturday and Christians on Sunday. So obviously the Jews and the Christians are together and Islam is the antithesis to Judeo-Christianity. Thank you so much. Avi Lifkin is a scholar and it's a treat to have him on our program. PrayInJesusName.org is our website. We're out of time. We'll see you next time. 
Chaplain Klingenschmidt is a graduate of the U.S. Air Force Academy who earned his Ph.D. in theology from Regent University. As a former Navy chaplain, by taking a public stand for freedom of speech and religious expression, and by sacrificing his own 16-year career and million-dollar pension, he was vindicated by the U.S. Congress, who changed the law and restored freedom for military chaplains to pray in Jesus' name. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.